0: Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. The 2023 session of the North Carolina General Assembly is in full swing, and as many observers had feared, Republican leaders in both houses appear to be committed to elevating politically motivated culture war priorities over issues that really impact people's lives, particularly our kids, like school funding and gun violence. Thus far, the poster child for this approach has been a badly misnamed proposal called the Parents' Bill of Rights that many critics deride as our state's version of Florida's infamous don't-say-gay law. Earlier this week, I caught up with one of the Senate's most thoughtful critics of this bill and the divisive approach it represents, Guilford County State Senator Michael Garrett. And as Garrett told me, it's increasingly clear that the political rights legislative priorities when it comes to education policy have very little, if anything, to do with what's really going on in public schools. Senator Michael Garrett, welcome to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you,
1: Rob. Appreciate the invitation. I look forward to it.
0: There's so much going on in in the world of politics and policy these days in our state. So many really acute needs, particularly in our public schools. Uh, I know you're aware of that, but um, for better or worse, it seems that culture wars have kind of uh, topped the list right out of the gate in the early days of the 2023 session of the General Assembly. There's a bill that's been advancing in your a particular chamber called the Parents' Bill of Rights. Uh, Some people call it the Don't Say Gay Law. Got a lot of questionable provisions. I know you have some concerns. Can you talk to us about what your initial impressions are of this legislation and what it says about where we're going in the state senate this year?
1: You know, we heard a lot about inflation, inflation, inflation during the midterm cycle. And right out of the gate, it's just, you know, red meat for the culture war enthusiasts and the Fox News viewing base, I think. And uh, the Parents' Bill of Rights is a is a great example. I don't really like calling it that. Just because you title a bill something doesn't make it so. We went through this last session and we had drafted our own version of the Parents' Bill of Rights because several of my colleagues in the Senate Democratic Caucus are actually parents with kids in public schools right now. So we're well aware of, you know, all of the challenges facing students, teachers, and parents in public education and You know, the Republicans bill, I won't call it a bill of rights anymore, really does nothing but to create more tension and division between teachers, between students and between parents. And that's totally unnecessary. And to me, it's actually immoral when you look at the reality, what's happening uh, in North Carolina and really across the country with the student mental health crisis we have as we're emerging from a pandemic you know, kids are suffering with bullying, they're, you know, dealing with all kinds of distractions with social media and cyberbullying. bullying, um, you know, and they, they really need to be able to trust adults, whether that's their parents or whether that's their teachers, faculty members, counselors, and the Republicans bill does nothing but creating more division. It does nothing to ensure that we have student mental health services. It does nothing to guarantee parents Uh, that their child will go to a safe school. When you're actually out there, you know, I do a lot of door knocking in the campaign. I had literally zero parents talk to me about their concern, you know, what a lot of the Republicans are trying to make up in their mythical classrooms. What their top two concerns are is that their kids go to a safe school free of gun violence and that they have access to mental health services and that their friends and peers have access to mental health services. and you know that was definitely missing in the republicans version. you know there was another key provision missing in the republicans version. they titled it the parents bill of rights. really mentioned nothing about What about a student's rights? What about young people's rights in this state? So, my colleagues in the Senate Democratic Caucus, we thought it was important to focus on the issues that parents have been talking to us about and also that concern students. So, I encourage anyone to go look at the uh, two competing versions, our parents' and students' bill of rights, and the Republican version. And I think you will see that ours is a lot more straightforward, it's a lot more clear and it lives up to the concerns that parents, teachers, and students are all voicing across North Carolina.
0: I wonder sometimes if maybe the people who propose some of this legislation just haven't been in a school in a while, haven't been in a public school, or thought about the reality of trying to be a teacher in a struggling public school these days. Perhaps you're underpaid, and perhaps you're in a school that's got some facility challenges, maybe an overcrowded classroom, and then the idea that you would all of a sudden be worried about, let's see, my student talked to me about their sexuality today. Do I need to tell their parents about this? I mean, I think myself, when I was in high school, would I have wanted my social studies teacher to call my parents up about the person I was dating in high school or who I had a crush on, and uh, the teachers have so much to do. And then there's, of course, we keep hearing stories of teachers saying, a balloon popped down the hall this week in my school, and I thought it was a gunshot because everybody's so... Understandably paranoid about that right now it's just it's a tough, tough time, and to think that we're going to put even more pressure and more demands and and more conflict is um a pretty troubling thought i suppose
1: it's probably the theme for this legislative session it's going to be dominated by culture wars and and playing to the radical base instead of focusing on issues that are at hand and it's clear that in twenty twenty two you heard a lot of it um, from democratic candidates up and down the ballot that freedom is on the ballot. And I think that's really what you're seeing play out in this legislative session, whether or not it's politicians trying to get into the doctor's office between a woman and her doctor, or politicians trying to control what our kids and teachers and parents can and can't talk about in school. I think you're absolutely right that a lot of the uh, members of the Republican caucus that have put forward this legislation haven't spent much time in public schools because I'll tell you, you can walk into a public school anywhere in Guilford County and you will be blown away by what our young people are learning, what they're doing, the community service activities that they're committing, what teachers are doing with so few resources. And that's in spite of this General Assembly for decades underfunding public education in this state. I mean, parents know it all too well when a school has to close early because the air conditioning is not working, or you get the text on your phone that says, sorry, your bus won't be coming to pick your kid up today. I mean, Those are the issues that parents really care about. But it's clear that there are some politicians in the state that are so out of touch that they don't even recognize it.
0: We're talking with Senator Michael Garrett of Guilford County, who's now in his third term in the North Carolina Senate about really about education in the the modern world in 2023 North Carolina. We've alluded to this subject of gun violence. I know you're sponsoring legislation on the subject of gun violence prevention and safe storage of weapons. Is there some hope that maybe that's at least one area of the gun debate that could be not so controversial, the idea that gun owners ought to safely store their guns? I mean, you
1: would think so. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, we're looking at bills this week rolling through the General Assembly loosening gun protections. And I mean, I'm a dad of two kids, a five-year-old and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old. And, you know, every day when you drop them off for school, you squeeze them a little tighter and those hugs last a little longer because you're thinking about, you know, what we all fear as parents. And, you know, the idea that people in North Carolina want to make it easier for people that shouldn't be getting guns to get guns is ludicrous. And I mean, we're looking at some a proposal uh, that repeals the pistol purchase permit moving through both chambers of the General Assembly this week. And, you know, I think people care about making sure that people who commit crimes and are domestic abusers don't get guns. People want to close the boyfriend loophole. People want red flag laws and they want universal background checks. And I mean, it's super majorities of people want that. Uh, but this bill is running in the opposite direction. So I think it's just once again, the fringe part of the base is is governing the Republican Party these days. And unfortunately, the people of the North Carolina are on the receiving end.
0: Another issue where maybe we're seeing a similar saga play out as reproductive freedom, where there's another issue where we know that if that we've seen it in, in deeply red states across the country in recent elections, that if there's a ballot initiative on whether abortion rights should remain available to pregnant people, they pass overwhelmingly. If we had such an, an initiative in North Carolina, it seems undoubted that it would pass, but it feels very much like abortion rights are hanging by a thread in this state.
1: You know, we haven't seen a specific proposal out of the Republicans yet because I I think they are still debating about how far they can go. You know, if you look at ruby red Kansas that wants to protect a woman's right to choose, I'm sure a state like North Carolina, a purple state like North Carolina would protect that if the voters were given the opportunity to do so. Unfortunately, we don't have ballot initiatives in North Carolina like other states do. I do fear that we're going to see some... Uh, extreme proposals out of this Republican legislature. But I am confident that we can keep our members together in the House. And I think even some Republican members in the Senate that come from some more competitive districts are going to be a little uneasy uh, when they try to, to tell women what they can and cannot do with their body, because that's just not a popular place for politicians to be between
0: doctors and women. We're coming to the end of our time with State Senator Michael Garrett of Guilford County, but I want to get you out of here on this, and that's the maybe one small little piece of light in the 2023 session is this notion that maybe, just maybe, at long last, Medicaid expansion could happen. We see legislation on the calendar and various committees. Are you remaining optimistic that maybe 23 is the year for that?
1: Well, I'm beginning my third term and I've been optimistic since I got here. So I'm probably not a good person to put my finger on the pulse for you, but. You know, I do think when you have the president pro tem, the Senate Phil Berger, who was one of the staunchest members opposed to Medicaid expansion, who is now a proponent of Medicaid expansion, I think its chances of getting through the General Assembly are, are pretty good. You know, I don't know what exactly the details of the legislation will look like, but given the political reality, we have to accept incremental progress at this time and and perfect upon that when Democrats retake the majority in
0: the General Assembly. Senator Michael Garrett of Guilford County, now in his third term in the North Carolina General Assembly. I sometimes think about folks in your situation as sort of not unlike our school teachers who have to really cope with a very difficult circumstance on a day-by-day basis, but do a heroic job of representing their constituents and, and really all North Carolinians. Thank you, Senator, so much for your fine work. And maybe we'll talk again later this session.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor and privilege to serve. And thanks for all your hard work of making sure you shine a light on what we're doing down here in Raleigh for the people of North Carolina.
0: Coming up next, a look at what some new polling says about the policy priorities North Carolinians wish were being championed in the state capitol. Stay with us.